sharp sword. I think we know that's the word of God. Why? To execute vengeance upon the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with shackles and their leaders with iron chains, to execute the judgment written against them. Uh, you can look at that verse in Psalms and think, why would we be praying against people? Apparently, I got the, the, the dying one today. <laughs> We're not. We're talking about spiritual principalities and powers and things that bring no oppression uh, on us. So, what I'd like you to do as I teach today, I want you to think about are there areas in my life, in the area of my personal life, that I need God to intervene. I need him to come in and I need him to move. I need him to change something here. Uh, the second you'll see is, is relational. By the way, example of personal could be uh, things you struggle with, the way you think. If you're overcome with fears, those kinds of things. That's the kind of thing that goes there. Relational, how you get along with people. I can make use of family challenge, those kinds of things. Um, professional. Uh, maybe your work environment isn't all it should be. I know uh, because of where my wife and I work, it is, can be, if you let it, be tremendously stressful right now, particularly in the things that we're asked to do. Um, can be very stressful. It may be financial. Then other, I didn't give much room for other. But anyway, what I, as I'm teaching, if you think of something, I want you to write it down. Now, of course, what we're going to do is we're going to take these, combine them, put it out on our Facebook page, on our website, so everybody knows what you're struggling with. <laughs> Just teasing. All right. This is Time out. Worship is a tool of warfare, and praise is an instrument of violence. 
In Matthew 11 and 12, it says, From the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, the realm of the kingdom, heaven's kingdom is bursting forth, and passionate people have taken hold of its power. Uh, it, another way that that's actually said is the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent taken by force. We are in a violent warfare. And we've been given tools of violence, not against people, but against spiritual forces of the adversary that come against us, that oppose God's purpose and his plan in our life. And you have been given the tools. So quickly this morning, let me go through this. Number one, we're the tabernacle of God. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by, the, by God? Think about the, the Old Testament tabernacle. What did you have? You had the outside, and then in the temple, you had the same thing. You had where the Gentiles could go. You had the court of the Jews. You could come in. And then you had the most holy place. And what was in the most holy place? The Ark of the Covenant. And guess who got to go in there? The high priest, once a year. And he went in with bells on. Not like we think of bells on. He went in because if he quit moving and died, they had a rope tied to him and pulled him out because no one could go in. No one could go in. That was the Old Testament. What's the New Testament say? That your body is the temple. Think about it. The Spirit of God dwells in each of us. You need my Father again. Benefits of worship. Here's number one. Worship promotes intimacy with God. Worship promotes intimacy with God. See, the kingdom is not about religion or formula for behavior. Psalm 16 says, You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forevermore. Worship, when you worship, you come into an intimacy, a personal closeness with God. Why do you want to be close to God? Can anyone remember what I taught a year and a half ago? Power and authority. And where do those come from? Come from relationship, our closeness to God. The closer we are to the source of power, the more power we function in. Do you need power in your life today to overcome some things? Yes. If you do, get close to God. That's the source of power. You see, the, the authority is a relational thing. You come into the kingdom, you accept Jesus as your Savior, you have an authority as a child of God. But how you can exercise that authority, how you enforce authorities with power, it's the badge and it's the gun. The badge is more than just music, but it's interesting the thing that when we do sing, it engages both sides, both hemispheres of our brain. We get fully engaged in our relationship with God. The kingdom is about intimacy and relationship with God through Jesus Christ. 1 John 5 says, And we know the Son of God has come, and He's given us understanding, so that we can know the true God, and we can live in fellowship. Really close. I can 
crack a joke there since I'm a doctor that I'm just now discovering I have some family members through the DNA thing. Yeah, I'm not particularly close to any of them. <laughs> but you may have some you know and you're not particularly close to. <clears throat> but it says here, we can live in fellowship, koinonia relationship with the true God because we live in fellowship with the Son. He is the one true God. John 4 says, For God is a spirit. Those who worship him must worship him. How? In spirit and in truth. 1 Peter said, You're God's chosen treasure. Priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. And now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. Why did I have Joe get up and share? It's pretty cool. She has this group of girlfriends that go back 25 years and, and you just don't get in their way. <laughs> and do you want to hear the chirping of the texts? Don't get into a conversation because if a text comes, she's not listening, she's responding to the girlfriends. And it's fine. And one of those girlfriends is Mary, and then she left out a lot of gory details this morning, for which I'm grateful. <laughs> a lot of details. But what are we here to declare? The one God's glorious wonders throughout the world. God showed up. Why? Because God's people prayed. I was listening to John Hagee this morning, just before we left the house, and I don't know if you heard this, but heard what he said, I thought it was quite powerful. He made the statement, he said, um, some of the greatest unanswered prayers were prayers that were never prayed. Mm. And my wife and her girlfriends, I'll give them credit. They'll pray about anything and they believe God will do it. Amen. I've told you the arch story years ago when we... We were sent two by two throughout our large auditorium. Pastor Duncan said, Mark, you and Joe go over to this section. Anybody wants prayer for healing? And we got to, to a gentleman and he said, my feet hurt all the time. And so she's asking, well, do you have arches? What's arches? He goes, well, when you get out of the pool and your feet are wet and you stand there, he said, it's just a, you know, there's no gap. Well, you need arches. <laughs> and I thought, no. He does need arches, but I don't want to pray for arches because I don't believe he's going to get them. Mm -hmm. But I'm married to someone that does. And so she got out and laid hands on his feet and prayed that he'd get arches. I'll never forget part of the prayer. Give him big arches. And his testimony the next time we saw him, when I got out of the pool, first time in my life, there's a gap. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> like I said, don't get in her way. You see, worship invites God's presence and power into our lives. Praise is the language of thankfulness. Psalms 100 verse 4. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Do you hear what it says? You want to get into the presence of God? How do you get in there? Let me say it again. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. 
Why is that true? Because Psalms 22 says, You are holy. You make your home on the praises of your people. Mm -hmm. All right. How many were like me and you thought God was just an egomaniac? He just needed to hear from me all the time how great he was because he was basically <laughs> insecure. <laughs> okay. I admit, I thought, dude, if you don't know who you are by now, me telling you isn't going to happen. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Except that's how I felt. And then I came to understand this. That you are holy, you make your home, you're present, you're born on the praises of your people. So why do we praise God? Think of the New Testament where it talks about praise God through all circumstances. Not for them, but through them. Why would he want us to do that? Why do I have you have a sheep this morning? Here's why. If you're in a fight, and I grew up in a home, I'm a pastor's kid, I was a sissy. Because you can't fight, and so I wasn't taught anything, and I didn't have any brothers to learn with either. I'm on my own. And so anytime there was conflict, I was taught to run. Which was why I was the fastest runner in Columbia school. <laughs> Verified. Anchorman on the track team. Why? Because he was fast. Why was I fast? Because if there was conflict, I ran. ran. Because you can't fight. It was a sin. And sin meant you were going to the bad place and all of that. Along with people that smoke and chew and girls that do. <laughs> I mean, that's almost kind of absurd, isn't it? But that's how I felt. But here's what happens. You're in a fight, and there's a bully opposing you. You know who that bully is? Mm -hmm. You think it's people. It's not people. It's spiritual forces of evil. It's the adversary. And the seven different levels that are mentioned in Scripture, principalities, powers, rulers, dominions, thrones, and I forgot too, sorry about that. They're opposed to you. Wouldn't you want to have the biggest big brother in the world? Come on. I watched the lifting enthusiasm pastor. He does all these posts. Some of you are still waiting for me. You became friends on my Instagram. You're going, you never play anything I know. I know. So watch his. <laughs> if I get in a fight, I'd like him to show up. Which is the reason I asked him to be a pastor with me. <laughs> now, you say, quit cutting up. Okay, I'll quit cutting up. But here's the deal. When you praise, God shows up. Amen. When you praise, God shows up. So write on the list the things you need God to show up. And during worship time today, expect Him to show up and address the giants in your life. <laughs> expect it. I never had a big brother. And then I found out I have a big brother. And He shows up when I praise Him. 
That is the password to the key of his presence. Praise is the language of faith. Praise is the language of hope. So Proverbs 18 says, The tongue can bring death to life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Which do you want to reap? I want life. So I'm going to invite the giver of life into every circumstance I face. Worship focuses our heart and mind on God. Psalms 26 says, You will keep in perfect peace all those who trust you, all those whose thoughts are fixed on you. I told you last year, just about, about October, all the election stuff was just, and that COVID and a lot of fake news and stuff, and our, we have to work for the state, so we have to hear more of the, yes, it's propaganda, um, we had to hear a lot of that, and I was just finding myself anxious, and I said to her, I'm turning off the news. I'm turning off the news. I got the Bible. I know it's going to get rough, and I know how it's going to end. That's pretty much all I need to know. Amen. Because I was being anxious, because my mind was not focused on the presence and power of God. It says, you'll keep in perfect peace those who trust. Those Who are those that trust? Whose thoughts are fixed? What are you thinking about? I want to think about my big, big brother who's going to show up to every fight. Mm -hmm. And since he's going to show up, I know I'm going to have peace. Demonstrative praise and worship promote healthy expression of verbal and physical affection to those important in our lives. Now here's a practical thing. You have trouble hugging? Start praising God. You'll find it comes easy. Oh. One of the things, when, when Joe and I met, we met at uh, Christian Heights Church in Sonora. And that church was a hugging. We, we had like, when they had, remember the old days where we had, after 40 minutes of singing, then you had standing greet time? I came away from that with lipstick everywhere, because there was a lot of Sister Myers, those 80 somethings, that, oh, Pastor Marks. <laughs> we were a hugging church. We just work. Why? <laughs> a church that worships becomes expressive. People that worship become physically affectionate. Husbands, your wife's not responding. Start worshiping God. You'll be surprised. Hmm. Amen. Thank you, Chris. You're welcome. And just start raising your hands there, honey. We'll talk in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Did you know people who have a hard time openly expressing their love for God often have the same problem with those close to them? Oh. There's some science for you. It's a question of intimacy. Afraid? Praise and worship are powerful spiritual weapons. They're a powerful weapon against fear, doubt, discouragement, temptation, condemnation, worry, physical, financial challenges. 
I read the verse Psalms 149. It's on your sheet. I want to be seeing you writing some things as I'm talking this morning. Things that you need God to come into and make change. Because in a few minutes when we worship, I want you to give those things to God and invite Him as you're worshiping. Not saying, oh, I'm glad I got a list that's got 16 things. I'm grateful that you're God and that you're bigger than all these 16 things. And God, look at the list. I need you to show up here, 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 here. And oh, by the way, could you show up here, 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 and here? Praise and worship are powerful spiritual weapons. You think about the battle. What happened? God sent Judah into the battle first. Why did he spend Judah? Well, do you know who Judah was? Genesis 29 says, when he became pregnant, gave birth to another son. She named him Judah. Now I will praise the Lord. What's, guess what Judah was? It means praise. Why do you think praise was sent first into the battle? It's strange. Why would you send the marching band first? In Judges chapter 1, the Israelites asked the Lord, which tribe should go to first, which should go first to attack the Canaanites? The Lord answered, Judah, for I've given them victory over the land. Well, here's the good news. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Mm -hmm. Let me say it this way. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of praise. Amen. Revelation 5. But one of the 24 elders said to me, Stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has won the victory. Why do you want to praise? Because you're praising the one that brings about the victory over discouragement and hopelessness and financial challenges and relationship struggles. All of those things. That's why we worship God. Worship is for us. Write that somewhere. It's not in my notes, but it's good. <laughs> Worship is for us. It lets you see how big your God is. Praise invites God's power into spiritual conflict. It's an act of war on the prince of darkness and his destructive plans. Truth number four. True greatness comes from worshiping God. Now, you remember we talked a couple weeks ago in 2 Samuel 6. And I'm going to just highlight this. Remember the ark didn't make it all the way. It's over here in the gentleman's house. And David hears there's blessing going on. Let's bring it. Remember? Yep. Dan got up and read the verse. They put it on the cart. Got about halfway, right? Got about halfway. The carts, the oxen stumble, it's gonna fall off. Guy puts his hand up, what happens? Dies. Kill him. David's dismayed, let's leave it here. So now it blesses this guy's house. <laughs> and notice that when he goes to get it and finally bring it into Jerusalem, he does something a little different. They had it on a cart to Abinadab's house. 
and use a die. The next time he brought it, they put it on poles. And the poles were carried on the shoulder of the Levites. Uh -huh. What is in the Ark of Covenant? It is the physical symbol of the presence of God. And the presence of God was born on the shoulders of the praisers. You need God to intervene in your life. Don't put him on a cart. What is a cart? That's the way other people do stuff. That's other patterns or traditions. You hear Joe will tell you, well, here's what we did. We prayed for Mary, and this is what's happened. That's fine. That's Joe, and that's Mary. But you have the Spirit of God to direct you, to give you focus, to say, here's what you need to do in this circumstance, in this situation. It is unique for each of us. Do you realize, I'm Mark, there's a lot of Marks. When I was in college, there was five Marks on my floor. Which why for four years, I was O'Connell. You know why? Because that's my last name. <laughs> I'm a stoner, and it wasn't what you think. <laughs> it was his last name. Stoner. And Abbott and Winifred, we had a whole bunch of marks. Scripture says in Revelation that God has a white stone with our name on it, and it is unique to us. Your relationship with God. He is so infinite that he can have a relationship with Kelly that meets every need in Kelly's life. And have a relationship with Chris that meets every need in Chris's life. And their needs can be different and their personalities can be different. And aren't we different? Thank God. What would a church be filled with me? A bunch of people standing in the corner after somebody <laughs> preaches. You see, religion is how we pretend to be worshiping. And we're not to rely on the methods or patterns of others. The scripture says, sing a new song. And it says in uh, 2 Samuel 6, verse 5, David and the people of Israel were celebrating them before the Lord, singing songs and playing all kinds of musical instruments. A bunch that I don't even know what they are, but I do know symbols. Psalms 40 says, He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what He has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. You cannot give, nor can you borrow your relationship with God. It's personal. It's gained personally. There were ten virgins waiting for a wedding feast. Five were prepared. The other five wanted to borrow their preparedness. 
That's not how we serve God. That's not how we worship Him. We can overcome what I'm going to call relational and emotional laziness. And get out of religion and get into relationship. There's a tremendous significance in our spiritual disciplines. Studying the Word of God, prayer, worship, and fellowship with others. Another thing that worship we need to do is we need to overcome our misconceptions about God's nature. Do you realize it's difficult to worship a mean God? I told you a story of my dad. 17 years old, he died. And I was devastated. Partly because where I lived, he was in... He was the guy that played catch with me after dinner because there weren't any neighbors. Well, we had deer and occasional skunk and raccoons, lots of raccoons, and now turkeys. And I was really upset with God because I thought the one person I trust and I'm close to, and he abandons me just like everyone else. And for two years, it was a dry, 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 dry time. And I went off to a Christian university, and I sat in chapel. And I got close enough to Earl Roberts where I could smell his breath, and he would heal people and all that, and I still did not feel God. And it wasn't until I got into my closet in my dorm room, behind a curtain, literally, and said, Lord, I don't know where you are, but if you're real and out there, please reveal yourself to me, because I know you have what I need. And after two years, that veil was lifted. And I sensed the presence of God after two years of not sensing Him at all. Just going through the motions. David had a picture of God. He was angry because the Lord's anger had burst out against Yusa. He named the town. You burst out against Yusa. That's what it says, for his Jesus. David was afraid of the Lord. And he said, how can I bring the ark of the Lord back into my care? So David decided, don't move the ark, leave it here. Here's what I want you to understand. Satan will do everything he can to corrupt your image of God. It goes the way back to Genesis 3 when he said, did God really say? Did God really say? Did God really say? He didn't say. But here's what we need to understand about that one that deceives us. Jesus said it this way in John 8. You're children of your father, the devil, and you love to do evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He's always hated truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, it's consistent with his character. For he's a liar and the father of lies. All of the stuff that puts you uh, under a sense of depression and bondage are all lies. And they come straight from the father of lies. It's all he knows to do. Mm -hmm. But here's what happened. David realized God's nature was good. How did he know? Oh, there's blessing going on over there. We better get in on that. When David's picture of God's nature changed, he changed. He realized his mistake was putting the ark on a cart. And he realized God's presence is carried on the shoulders of sanctified priests. And so they did what they were supposed to do. And if we look in the New Testament, Hebrews 11 says, It's impossible to please God without faith. 
anyone wants to come to him must believe that he exists, and he rewards those who sincerely seek him. You see, true worship reflects faith and trust, not fear. All worship is an act of faith that declares the presence and goodness of God. The more we praise, the more we worship, the more His presence is manifest in our lives. Everyone instinctively attributes to God, good or bad, listen, what their father did, right or wrong, intentionally or unintentionally. If you had a great dad like I did, it was kind of easy to think God was good until God took my good dad. He did, but that's how I felt. But if you had a bad dad, and you say, God's a father, oh, don't want to go there. We need to disassociate any negative thoughts toward God based on the behavior of our father or our father figures. We need to allow the word of God to reset our image of him. This frees us to worship. Third thing we need to do is overcome the fear of man. You remember David was coming into town, he's dancing. His wife wasn't in the parade. That tells you something right there. They're excited. The Ark of the Covenant is coming home to the city of David. Everybody's out singing and dancing. David's in his underwear. Sort of. <laughs> What's his wife say? They're not very dignified. What's he say? I'll become more undignified than this. When we refuse to worship, we give others control. When we refuse to stop worshiping, they do not have that control. Which do you want, the favor of God or praises of man? Be unashamed of your love for God. Here's what we know. Greatness is found in the battlefield. Great people take responsibility for mistakes, becoming better through them. Some of the things that you've been writing on your paper today are probably results of mistakes that you've made. And you think you can't overcome them. Every great person has risen above the, above the pain of their past to achieve their God-given destiny. I'm giving you that's a teaser for next two weeks. Every great person becomes a worshiper of God, paying the price to become one. True greatness comes from worshiping God. Hebrews 13, 5 says, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. Why are we worshiping the, the formal part of worship last today? Because I wanted us to understand this. So as we go into this time of worship, we come in with the sense of God, I'm not going to let my circumstances or situations stand in the way of me giving and acknowledging, giving praise and acknowledging your greatness. But I also want us to bring to God all our praises, those things, those challenges. I've asked the council to be ready uh, to help us during this season. And uh, I, I don't know if this was inspired or not, but if you have an area that, that you really need, you just need to overcome, 
Jill and I are going to stand right over here. And it, it, it's something that, you know, I just struggled with this. This has been a challenge for me. Just while we're singing, this is, we're not having a special prayer time. So you can come up, and you can sit down, and you can sing while you're standing there with us. That's, that's all good, okay? That makes sense? If, um, if you haven't been baptized in the Spirit, Chris and Bibi are going somewhere. <laughs> you just, you can't miss him. <laughs> and you say, you know, you did that whole teaching on that, and it just didn't happen for me that Sunday, and it hasn't happened while I was asleep. Uh, and you think, I need the empowering presence of the Spirit of God. Or, or maybe it's been so long. Maybe you were like one of my friends right, down at the altar, and he kept beating on the back in front of me. He said about five words of a spiritual language 30 years ago. And, and you just need a refreshing, an inflowing of, of the rivers of living water that are promised. Feel free to go to that. If you need physical healing, I asked Dale and Dan to be ready. I don't know. I know Dale had oil. Dan, you do too now. Oh, you got it program? Or triple oil. I don't know where they're going to stand. And you can come to any of us if you have things that I didn't mention, okay? Well, let's worship the Lord. Look at your paper. Say, God, I'm giving these things to you. I'm bringing to you born on the words and the songs of my praise. 